Just Me and My Trauma discusses trauma in all its forms. This could include topics such as sexual assault, drug use, child abuse, violence, gore, and much more. In some cases, names are changed to respect both the deceased and survivors. While comedy may be noted, in no way is it meant to disrespect any individual or situation. Humor is our coping mechanism. Listener discretion is advised. pretty interesting uh very interesting sound well we'll come back to that later don't worry don't worry oh i am so worried just wiggling in my boots you should be very worried that's not what it is it's shaking in my boots (laughs) you can be wiggling though if you'd like totally (laughs) fine over there just a wiggling 
away. How are you this week? I. (laughs) (laughs) You're on vacation. It should be good. I am on vacation, and it is good. Being a nurse is hard work. It is. And to prevent burnout, here I am. Trying to fuck with some sound equipment. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking with sound equipment. There we go. That won't fucking work because it hates me. That's that is our whole life is just trying to figure out sound equipment, isn't it? Yep. Yep. That's so far. That is going to be the entire journey of this podcast. That's fair. One hundred percent fair. Anyway, I'm Kelsey. I'm Jesse. <laughs> and clearly, this is just just me, me and my trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, if you look at our Instagram, this is the day that Kelsey left me. Listen, it was an emergency. It was. We were trying to mess with the auto, but she was gone for a very, very long time. I got scared. <laughs> That's because the Harry Potter, Potter. lab is um, literally under the stairs in a closet. It is. We're we're working on that. But I have I took pictures so you can see where we started, and then where we go to. Yes. Hopefully, we go to not a smaller closet. <laughs> That would, I don't think we could fit in a smaller closet. I'm a big gal. I was in the closet once. I don't want to go back. (laughs) Fair. Uh, No, thank you. (laughs) I was not in that proverbial, whatever that word is. Perverted closet? Perverted closet. Yeah, that works. So, yeah. That's. Well, that's fun. I'm glad you're having a decent vacation and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. What about you? How are you? I'm okay. I'm surviving. That That's important. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just trying to train a puppy mm. who does, who wants to play at three o'clock in the morning. No, thanks. Nope. Yeah. Um, so today we are going to be talking about postpartum depression, actually, yes. and the trauma associated with that. Yep. So you're going to talk about postpartum first, and then we're going to do Am I the Assholes? Okay. Yeah, that way we have the gloom breaker. That way we get all the boring, scientific, nursey stuff out of the way first. Right, and then we'll have our gloom breakers, and then we'll go into some some crime. Some crime. Postpartum depression related. And then we'll do Dumb Ways to Die. Because that had you rolling last week. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so fucking funny. (laughs) When I was listening to that again to edit everything, Uh I was, like, trying so hard not to crack up because my wife was asleep (laughs) right beside me. And I was like, don't scream. Don't laugh. Fucking jet ski off the Niagara Falls. (laughs) Yep. I should probably make sure I have that still pulled up. Anyway, go ahead and continue into your... Tell us all about it. All right. So it's not a secret that uh, childbirth is a difficult experience to go through. I wouldn't know personally, but... I had a C-section. Oh. I well, mean, I mean, that's still... It was... I actually had a very traumatic C-section. Um, Which actually, did you know that having a C-section can cause more postpartum depression? That's... That would make sense. Um, no, I... Like, my C-section was very easy. I had a rough healing process. Mm. I got infected after I lost... Left the hospital. Yeah, it was nasty. I had to go in and get shots in my butt. 
<laughs> and go in once a day so the doctor could look at it and drain it. It was nasty. Oh, my God. That's horrible. <laughs> but they didn't leave anything inside of me. So when? <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> I would hope not. Yeah. I would be very concerned as to what they would leave. An instrument. Oh. Okay, hold on. Quick, quick. Like an extra foot is what I was thinking. <laughs> they just left the baby in there. <laughs> um, quick, quick side note here. Um, that when we were being wheeled back for the said C-section, I asked the nurses if there was enough staff in there for everything to be okay. And they're like, don't worry. We have processes we follow so nothing gets left behind. I said, oh, no, not for me. I'm worried about the husband. He's my ex-husband now. But I'm worried about the husband <laughs> passing out. I was on a lot of drugs, okay, guys? I mean, I feel like that's fair. Dude, I when I actually did my clinicals, which is the only time I will be going to labor and delivery, nurse-wise. <clears throat> anyway, I I can deal with so many traumatic things. Like, I've seen it all. And I got queasy when i saw childbirth no thanks um but when i did my clinicals the husband actually passed out see that's what i was afraid of and that's what i didn't want to happen mm -hmm. and they uh they caught him yeah see i my theory is not wrong so a female goes through a lot of hormonal physical emotional and psychological changes throughout pregnancy after childbirth Oh, a mother can experience varied emotions ranging from joy and pleasure to sadness and crying bouts. Um, the feelings of sadness and tearfulness are called, quote unquote, baby blues. And they tend to decrease over the first two weeks after pregnancy. What is postpartum depression in comparison to these simply named baby blues? Like, that just seems very condescending. Oh, you got your baby blues. I think I would have been extremely upset had somebody told me oh you just have the baby blues however i also didn't realize i had postpartum when it happened um and we, we can discuss this after you're done talking about it but i didn't realize i even had it until probably a year or two after he was born oh shit yeah all right it was gone by then but i looked back on it and realized that's what it was so well i'm glad you got through it without killing anybody yep i wanted to not the baby, the ex-husband. That may have not been postpartum depression, though. No, that might be homicidal ideation. Yeah. <laughs> and justified. It would have been, I feel. All right, so according to an article I found um, in the National Library of Medicine, which I'll link all the things in the show notes. I don't want to have to keep repeating them. Around one in seven women can develop postpartum depression. While women experiencing baby blues tend to recover quickly, postpartum depression tends to last longer and severely affects women's ability to return to normal function. Yeah, normal function. Things like eating, drinking a healthy amount of fluids, using the bathroom, speaking to others, and even getting out of bed are disrupted by postpartum depression. Postpartum depression affects the mother and her relationship with the infant. So maternal brain response and behavior are compromised in postpartum depression. According to this article I found, as many as half of postpartum depression in new mothers go undiagnosed because of conflict and privacy and not wanting to disclose to close family members. That means that a big issue with getting diagnosed with postpartum depression is because of the stigma around it. Because mothers are supposed to be super loving. They're supposed to love their child no matter what. They're not supposed to be pissed off that they have somebody screaming at them 
that doesn't understand English and when to stop crying. And that's just not the reality. Like we, meaning women, have our own emotions and we are allowed to feel negative things in order to work through them. It hasn't, it's been in the last probably 10, 15 years that postpartum has actually started coming forward and being more talked about and more discussed like a lot of mental illnesses are. Um, Because I know it was something that was discussed when I was younger and I only heard about it once and it was my mom was talking about my aunt who had thoughts of killing her baby after and it got really bad. I don't know all the details. I just know that part. And then but even when I had Eric 15 years ago, it wasn't something that was heavily discussed. It was just like, hey, if you're feeling like this, let me know and we'll put you on something. But it wasn't there wasn't classes like I know there's classes nowadays that train on it and stuff like that. So even 15 years ago, it was almost stone age for mm-hmm. for postpartum depression. Yeah. And now, well, I don't know about then because I wasn't a nurse back then. But I know now that in nursing school, we have like a whole section that goes over like the causes of postpartum depression and the true realities of postpartum depression and how sometimes mothers cannot be left alone with their children because it gets so bad. And that's a normal thing that happens. This isn't because the mother is fucking crazy. It's because emotions. And honestly, I don't know how people deal with something screaming at them. Always. I wouldn't be able to do it. I managed, um, but I did only have one, so that will tell you things. In fact, I had I had issues with childhood and in, in, in general. I hated the kid phase. I know everybody thinks that's the fun age, and you can't reason with a six year old. You can't. And my brain, I should be able to reason with everything except for animals. And sometimes you can even reason with animals. Yep. But you can't reason with a six-year-old unless they're highly intelligent or they're just calmer. Like, I had an ADHD kid who I could not reason with. In fact, it wasn't until his teenage years, the last two or three years, that things have taken a really good turn for us. And we're super, like, we get along really well. And I try not to cross the friendship parent line, but it's hard to do. But he, like, literally is my best friend. Oh, my God. Don't cry. I'm not going to cry. I don't I don't cry like that. No. No. I will not cry. Um, No. We, he is, like, my best friend because we do everything together and hang out together. And when he moves out, that's going to suck. Because <laughs> oh. I'll be alone with the dogs with no help. <laughs> and you'll miss him, too, probably. Uh, yeah, right? I'll miss him. <laughs> yeah. So... No, but I'm just saying don't cry because then I'll cry. I don't want to. Oh, no, I'm pretty good. I'm I'm kind of emotionless. I have no emotions. It's fine. Emotionalless? Is that what Less you said? Less the emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Less the emotions. <laughs> She's reading her phone, everybody. Oh, yep. I'm reading my notes. The uh... sound effects are her thinking. Yep. That's what my brain sounds like. If my brain's not sounding like... <laughs> then it's gonna be yep. that's called kelsey language my wife can tell you all about it <laughs> what everyone fails to mention when they talk about the joys of having children is that postpartum depression is completely normal like i said one in seven one in seven women will have postpartum depression that's a lot 
That's two every 14 people. That's three every 21. <laughs> I mean, your math is mathing very well. I'm very proud well, thank of you. You're thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so what can put you at risk for developing postpartum depression? A lot of things. Literally breathing. Almost. So, um, if you have a history of depression and anxiety, premenstrual syndrome, or PMS, which is funny because I feel like every single woman ever deals with PMS. That's all I have left to remind me that I'm supposed to have a period is the PMS. <laughs> Welcome to Just Me and My Trauma, where you get TMI from everyone. <laughs> That's the point of this podcast is TMI. So basically, if you're a woman, you can you are more susceptible to having postpartum depression. Imagine that. A negative attitude towards the baby coming or like the unhappiness with the baby's gender. So like if you're, you're like, oh my God, I really wanted a girl. And then you find out it's a boy. You're like, well, I'm not excited. So I didn't know Eric was going to be my only one, but I really rooted for a boy to make his dad happy. That's a subject we'll get into another whole nother situation. And they tell us it's a boy. And I looked at the doctor. I said, can we go back and change that? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm actually so grateful he ends up being a boy because I don't – he he is just like me. And I don't think if I had a, a daughter with the attitude of mine, we would survive. I think one of us would kill the other one. I could see that. Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, history of sexual abuse. I think that can cause any type of trauma, not just uh -huh. postpartum. Yep, yep. So all of these are – Perpetual factors for developing postpartum depression. Also, risky pregnancy, which is like emergency cesareans or hospitalizations during pregnancy. Like say you have this thing called hyperemesis, which is basically you vomit the entirety of your pregnancy. They get sick every day, multiple times a day during pregnancy to the point where they can't keep even water down and they have to go into the hospital and get like IV fluids, um, Zofran, which is an anti-throw-up medication if you don't know. And that causes stress in yourself, which then causes stress in the baby, which can set you up for postpartum depression. Then the meconium passage, which is the early stool passed by the child while still inside the uterus. This happens like when babies are under stress in the uterus. When the babies are in the uterus under stress due to a decrease in blood and oxygen supply. Other things like umbilical cord prolapse, low hemoglobin or low blood cells that carry oxygen. Um, all of these are associated with postpartum depression. Now, the social aspect, lack of social support, that's obvious. I mean, you have lack of social support in, like, life, and you are very set up for depression. So lack of social support after the baby's born, during the pregnancy, that can all give you postpartum depression. Domestic violence in the form of spousal and physical and verbal abuse can also be a causation factor. Um, smoking during pregnancy. I'm a naughty person. By the time we found out, well, by the time we got into my doctor, she told me it was too late to quit and just to cut back because it can cause issues if you just quit. Oh, yeah. It after, can cause like, stress. The, after like the fourth fourth month, which is 
typically when they start to see you is third, fourth month. They wait until you're that far along before they schedule your appointment. At least they did when I was pregnant. I was... Mm -hmm. A lot of time, I don't know specifically about like hard drugs obviously that's not your case i did um, not do hard drugs that's good good yes i'm, I'm very, very glad, glad to say that <laughs> very glad you didn't but yeah sometimes it can cause like the withdrawals can cause undue stress on the baby and they can actually um be miscarried because of that yeah that's yeah she told me not to even worry about it told me to cut back and i did i went from smoking over half a pack a day to four a day so i did pretty good noise how many are in a pack 10, uh, 20. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I went from smoking like 15 to 4. Wow. The ex-husband did try to take my pack of cigarettes the day we found out I was pregnant. And my mom looked at him and said, are you stupid? Do you want to die? Give her her cigarettes back. This will cause homicidal ideation. <laughs> <laughs> this, this Which I'm sure that somehow is a precursor to postpartum depression. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Okay, so lifestyle. So eating habits, your sleep cycle, physical activities, and exercise can affect postpartum depression. The sleep cycle is among the factors influencing the risk of depression. Like, period. Depression. Everybody. Sleep is the number one factor. There's so many studies that say if you don't get enough sleep, you will be depressed. It will take years off your life. You will, at least in my case, nursing situation, which is funny because I feel like nurses are perpetually uh, tired. Agreed. Um, yeah. So Especially <laughs> in, uh-huh, yep, can make you not as careful with life. You're less, you're, yeah. Vigilant, less, uh, all the things. You make bad decisions with I'm sleep. I'm going Lack to die very young. All the, everything that I keep being told takes you... You keep getting told it takes years off my life. I'm dying in like five years. <laughs> okay, listen, I would like to do this podcast longer than that. So I need you to do something. I, hey, I drink water. Perfect. <laughs> that reverses. And laughing, apparently laughing adds time back on. So I'm fine. Well, I just listened to an obituary episode that says that laughing can also kill you. Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Which laughing not itself laughing in itself can't kill you but it's what laughing can cause like it can let loose a brain aneurysm i was gonna say isn't there a condition where if, like you can't stop laughing yeah yeah i've heard of that too okay well look and you die of like episode you die of like hypoxia or something yeah so that's another episode anyway okay. let's go back to children <laughs> and hating them i uh yep that's totally what it is <laughs> i love mine other people's not so much <laughs> So, it is evident that decreased sleep is associated with postpartum depression. Also. Duh. So, physical activity and exercise decrease depressive symptoms in everybody. So, I know it's not the easiest to exercise when you're pregnant. You have a, a whole ass stomach thing going on. There's a whole ass baby in that stomach all up in your way in your ribs and in your lungs. Mm -hmm, exactly. But even like walking... A half a mile a day can help decrease the depression. Oh, oh we have a whole thing here. Excuse me. <clears throat> Physical activity and exercise decrease depressive symptoms. Exercise decreases low self-esteem caused by depression. Exercise increases endogenous endorphins and opioids. Brings positive effects on mental health. Oh, well, now we know why people are addicted to them. <laughs> Continuing. <laughs> 
This also improves self-confidence and increased problem-solving capacity and helps in focusing on their surrounding environment. Okay, so enough of that bullshit. Signs and symptoms. Postpartum depression is diagnosed when at least five depressive symptoms are present for at least two weeks. And this is according to the DSM-5, which everybody is finding out now is more like a guideline. It is not set in stone. It just says you should look for this. And if they have these signs and symptoms, then maybe they have this. It's a guideline. Getting that out of the way. The DSM-5 says that postpartum, depre de postpartum depression <laughs> is defined as a major depressive episode with onset of pregnancy or within four weeks of delivery. The nine symptoms are present almost every day. Um, the diagnosis should include either depression or ahedonia, which is a loss of interest in Life. things you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in addition to the five symptoms to be diagnosed. Long story short, you need to have some of these. Depressed mood, subjective or observed. So somebody can like see you, be depressed, or you can tell people that you're depressed. Um, and it's present most of the day. Like you hardly have any upper moods or even neutral moods. Most of the time you're depressed. The ahedonia, loss of interest or pleasure for most of the day. Insomnia or hypersomnia. So no sleep or too much sleep. Psychomotor retardation or agitation, which is basically you are so slow in your thought processes that your reaction times are lowered and you get super frustrated about it. I want to take a second to remind everybody that retardation just means the slow downed process of things. Yes. Like it's a fire retardant because it slows down the fire. But yeah, retardation. Exactly. The action of delaying or slowing the progress or development of something. Perfect. Look at you. You're like a dictionary. I just pretend I'm smart. It's fine. I mean, it works. It does. I just <laughs> And then worthlessness or guilt. That's an everyday thing for me. <laughs> uh, loss of energy or fatigue. Suicidal Maybe ideation. I still have postpartum depression. <laughs> <laughs> 15, 15 years later. Yes. <laughs> 15 years later. <laughs> uh, suicidal ideation or attempt and recurrent thoughts of death, um, impaired concentration or indecisiveness, change in weight or appetite. These symptoms can lead to significant distress and or impairment. However, it is important to note that a psychotic episode does not cause this shit, nor has been a prior manic or hypomanic episode. Like, no, you were not crazy before, or maybe, you know? I was. Subjective, that's subjective. However, scientifically, it does not mean that you were crazy before all of this happened. Your craziness did not cause all of this to happen. Being crazy did not make you crazier. Yeah. In this sense. Yeah. Well. Hold on. Do, 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 do. I'll take comic books for 500, Alex. This superhero <laughs> is extremely hot and Gal Gadot plays her what is wonder woman ding 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 boot that's correct <laughs> <laughs> okay so how do these things affect you after you have the child postpartum depression can lead to poor maternal infant bonds so you may not bond with your child maybe your baby's not latching when you're trying to breastfeed 
maybe you have negative parenting practices because of this lack of bond. You and your significant other can have a marital discord if you were married or if you have a partner during this situation. But there are worse outcomes, like concerning the child's physical and psychological development. It may not even be you that has the past signs and symptoms that can lead to postpartum depression. It could just run in your family. Like if your mom had postpartum depression, if her mom had postpartum depression. They would never admit it. Okay, so this is one of the bigger things. There is a thing called postpartum psychosis. I'm so glad you're covering that. So psychosis in itself is a mental disorder characterized by disconnection from reality. So this can be a lot of things. Schizophrenia can have psychosis. You can have psychosis even when you're stressed. Medications can cause psychosis. It's basically you are having a difficult time discerning what's real from what's fake. So this doesn't necessarily have to include hallucination. That's basically what you need to know is that psychosis is not being able to tell what's real and what's fake. Parents that have postpartum depression can have psychotic symptoms, which could include delusions. Delusion is a false belief or judgment about external reality held despite evidence to the contrary, occurring especially in mental conditions. Like you believe you're a goddess, despite like your parents showing you, nope, you were born from me. Um, on this weird delusion, uh, since you mentioned obituary and I'm listening to older episodes, they did an episode on one where you believe you are dead and you are trying to convince it's an actual psychosis. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember that one. That's so, so scary. Yeah, that that's a real life delusion. You think you are dead. And despite all the proof, you want your family members to bury you because that's where you think you should be. You don't think you're a zombie. You just think, you're, well, I guess you would be a zombie, but you're, you're dead. You think you are dead. You wake up one morning and you think you are dead. Mm -hmm. That is a massive delusion. <clears throat> I'd say. Patients having postpartum depression have, may also have psychotic symptoms, which include the delusions and hallucinations. Again, hallucinations are different. You can have auditory hallucinations, which most people talk about. Um, and that's hearing voices that nobody else can hear. And the difference in like you having a voice inside your head, your inner voice talking to you. Did you know some people don't have an inner voice? I did. Okay. And that really disturbs me. Okay. And they're probably all the psychopaths. Hey, you hear that? You're a psychopath. Yeah. If you don't have a voice that talks to you, especially in different tones, you're a psychopath. Mm -hmm. Or wait, or maybe we're the psychopaths. There's a good possibility. <laughs> Actually, that kind of sounds more like we're the psychopaths. As, shh. Don't tell people. Okay. Okay. Everyone. We're not psychopaths. No, nope, we're normal. Absolutely normal. I almost did a plug there. <laughs> <laughs> what plug? We're not psychos. Oh, do it. Oh. I don't fucking care. <laughs> So on the subject of we're not psychos, um, my my son and I do a podcast called We're Not Psycho. There you go. That's it. There's my plug. Have fun. Okay. Yeah. It's not that great. It's just us having fun, but it's fun. So there you go. It's us having fun and it's fun. Yeah. Anyway, so the hallucinations, the auditory hallucinations, it's not the same as having like an inner voice that talks to you and it's super fucking annoying. No, you feel like these are coming from outside of your head. So your ears are actually hearing them outside of your body. There are olfactory hallucinations, which sounds like my worst fucking nightmare. Basically, when you smell things that aren't there. I'm a super sniffer, so I smell everything anyway. My wife came home one day and she burnt popcorn at work at the beginning of the day. As Soon as she walked in, I was like, when did you burn popcorn? 
I smell things that aren't there all the time. Hmm. I do. Like, I smell... I'm going I to s- recommend a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried that several times. I, I do. I smell like burning wood, that kind of stuff all the time. Hmm. And then I panic thinking my house is on fire. That's... Yeah, that's scary. Yep, yeah. yeah, it is. But I have smoke alarms, so it's not, but... <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, let's see. You can have sensory hallucinations like you feel somebody touching you. But yeah, you can have different kinds of hallucinations. So it is just, it's not strictly hearing things that aren't there. Postpartum psychosis. Why are the auditory hallucinations bad? Because these voices can be telling you to harm your infant and or yourself. So this is a psychiatric emergency with a potential suicide and infanticide risk. Getting yourself or your child. I never tried to do that. I just want you guys to know. I did suffer a postpartum. I did not try to kill myself or my child. I like that. I'm glad. I had I had an attachment issue is what my... That, yeah, that's we the most common type. We discussed the other day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the babysitter... Or I was the babysitter and that he was going to just be picked up at some point. It took me a couple of years to get past that, but... And that's, like, one of the most common postpartum depression signs and symptoms, and it does take longer than the others to go away. A female can experience hallucinations, lack of sleep for several nights, agitation, unusual behavior, and delusions, like we talked about. It's an acute onset of manic, so manic is, like, you are over the top. You are so happy. You feel like you can do anything. You feel like you can just keep going, keep going, keep going. You get hyperfixated. So it's an onset of manic or depressive psychosis within the first few days or weeks after delivery. So what happens if postpartum depression is not treated? Postpartum depression has repercussions beyond physical harm to the child. There's data that reveal that the condition also affects mother-infant bonding, like we talked about, like you've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, often the child is treated inappropriately with a very negative attitude. This can have a significant impact on the growth and development of the child. Children born to mothers with postpartum depression have been found to exhibit marked changes in behavior. Remember, this is if it is not treated. Altered cognitive development and early onset of depression depressive illness. Let's talk about the treatments and then I swear to God, I will stop boring you. So the treatments, number one treatment is psychotherapy and antidepressant medications. Psychotherapy, talk therapy, that's always first. Therapy is always the first answer. Antidepressant medications are the second answer because a lot of women breastfeed and a lot of antidepressant medications can be transferred through lactation. And so basically you'd be giving this infant medicated juice. (laughs) Milk. It's medicated milk. Mine did not produce juice. Oh, that's unfortunate. (laughs) Not for Eric it was. (laughs) And you know, maybe he wanted See, that's how you ate the first five days of his life. If you aren't breastfeeding, what they usually will prescribe you is the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or the SSRIs. So that's like Lexapro. And these are the first choice. So if those don't work, you can consider switching to SNRIs, which is serotonin. Serotonin. Oh, my God. Serotonin. Serotonin. Norep. Epinephrine reuptake inhibitors. 
There you go. That, that's actually a tough one to say. Yeah. Or mirtazapine, if the SSRI is ineffective. Once an effective dose is reached, you continue the treatment for 6 to 12 months after the child is born to prevent relapse of symptoms. What if that doesn't work? Well, then we go to repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS. And it's a treatment that may provide an alternative option for women who breastfeed and don't want to do the medication option. They don't want medicated milk. Yep. (laughs) Or juice, depending on your flavor. Most babies prefer milk. (laughs) I feel like that's an opinion. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll go to the hospital and ask the babies which one they prefer. I'll let you I'll let you do that. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay not near the babies. Oh, don't worry, I'll drop your name while I'm at the hospital oh, though no. asking. Oh damn. <laughs> and please correct me. I wanna hear it. Yeah, if we give you misinformation, please let us know. But in a kind way, don't be dicks. Or be dicks and I'll be a dick back. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't wanna hear how dickish we can be. <laughs> no, it's not fun. You'll get your feelings hurt. Yeah, way before we do. I don't have feelings. <laughs> I have less the emotions as we discussed earlier. <laughs> especially when it comes to people I don't know. <laughs> it's like, especially if you're through a computer screen. Bitch. Fuck yeah. So, again, correct us if we're wrong, but be nice. Or don't. Fuck around, find out. Yeah. Pretty much. And that is the end of my boring, holy shit, 50 minute, I will cut it down rant. All right, let's do a gloom breaker. Ooh, nice. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. I'm not going to try that. I will go first on the Am I the Asshole because I'm going to talk next. So that way they don't have to listen to our voices for that long together. I have two good ones and they're both about pregnancy. So I'm going to give you the titles and you tell me which one you want me to read. My first one is, and these are the Am I the ass or these are the original titles, not the Am I the Devil titles, because that's where I pull all of mine from. Okay. The first one is, Wife 30 female got an abortion after she found out that I 30 male cheated. Need advice urgently, and it's originally from the Relationship Advice subreddit. And the second one is, still, oh, and this one's also from the Relationship Advice sub. Struggling to stay faithful and remain attracted to my 34 male wife, 30 fe- 38 or 28 female, after we experienced a violent attack together, not sure what to do. That one. That one? Okay. I already know he's an asshole. The, well, maybe, the, uh, well, maybe not. Let me just shut up. I, I was going to say, if, uh, I'll let you decide, but they're both really good. So we'll save the next, the other one. Okay. So the Am I the Devil title is My Pregnant Wife is Scarred. And therefore less valuable because she defended me from a fatal attack. (gasps) Please validate my need to cheat on her. See, I told you. This is why I read the actual title before the Am I the Devil title. My blood's already boiling. Go ahead. All right. I can't talk to anyone about this for obvious reasons. I even tried speaking to a therapist and they made me feel so low I haven't gone back since. It's like you already know you're the asshole or something. God damn. All right. My wife and I have been together for six years, married for three we currently have a bundle of joy on the way, and she's about five months, <laughs> five months along. My wife always on the fence about kids, and I was adamant about have, wanting them. And now it's becoming wait, so... Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. He was adamant about having them, or she was? He was. She was on the fence. On the fence. Okay. Yeah, so sorry. she wasn't necessarily against it, but she wasn't sure if she wanted them either. 
Pro tip, I'm not even, uh, this is just what I've seen. If you're on the fence about having a baby, don't have a baby until you're sure. Which is why I never had another one. There you go. Continue. I feel like I've just been on autopilot and after spending the whole week buying baby stuff, I need to figure it out. Last year, my wife and I were at a park relaxing like we do almost every weekend and someone yelled at us for speaking in my native language, Korean. My wife is trying to learn too because she's not Korean or Asian at all, but wants to only speak Korean at home to make sure our family is fully bilingual and they don't lose their culture. We were practicing out loud and sharing a snack, and this guy just walks up to us out of nowhere with wild racist BS. He kicked our food, and there was some arguing. Not the fucking food. Oh my god, how rude. Oh, just wait. And while I was calling the police with my back turned, he tried to hit me with a pretty large rock. My wife jumped in between and ended up taking the full force of the hit, which oh. literally busted her forehead open and knocked her out cold for the almost a minute. full force of a rock in her head? Yep. Bitch, that's some love. Yeah. I rushed my wife to the hospital and the guy ran off and was eventually caught by the police a few weeks later. My wife needed 14 stitches across her face and had two black eyes and blood in them. Her face was swollen beyond recognition. Re- recognition. <laughs> For a few days, too. And when she fell, messed up an old knee injury, so she got out of the hospital the next day. Half of her face was covered in bandage, and she was limping. But she was still cracking jokes in the ER. She's suffered trauma before. Oh, yeah. That's a trauma (laughs) response. Absolutely. After the bandages and stitches came out, she was told she would need to wait at least a year before having her scar surgically fixed or whatever treatment. But now that year has almost passed, I've started hinting at scheduling her appointment and such. Hold on. Sorry. I just need a reminder. Um, how many stitches does she get? 14. And this is over her forehead? I believe so. That's what, it cracked her forehead open. This entire time, I've started hinting at her scheduling appointments and such. This entire time, I've been struggling with remaining attracted to her despite it, but didn't tell her since I didn't want to be cruel. She's now saying she doesn't think she wants to get anything done because she wants to save the money for the baby. I've offered to pay for half of it, and she still hasn't really looked into having it done. I've also pushed back her meeting my parents again because of this. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) They live live outside of our country, hence why they haven't met yet. And bringing her around my friends since it happened. Hey, babe, you, you saved me from possible brain damage. However, that scar does not give me a boner. So I do not want you to meet my parents until you fix this scar and I can get a boner. Just wait until I read some of the comments, too. Another part of me is also just sort of mad she even did it. I feel like half of a man now and I had to delete myself off dating apps before making a mistake and been channeling it all at the gym. But every time I look at her, I'm reminded of all those feelings. She hasn't changed a bit besides the scar. She's obviously handled it way better than I did. And somehow it's making me love her less. This plus the pregnancy, I don't even know what to do. I thought about asking for a hall pass, but I know without a doubt she'll leave me. I thought about taking care of my needs on the side so I can be the man she needs me to be. But I know she'll eventually find out and she'll hate me and make my life hell. Or leave me a single father and we'll never hear from her again. I just wish I had it had never happened, but I really need some other perspective or opinion on this. Number one, find a fucking therapist. Holy shit, find a therapist. Because obviously, you have trauma that you're not going to address because of your toxic masculinity. 
Holy shit. Okay, that is the biggest thing here is his toxic masculinity because he doesn't think he's enough of a man, probably because his wife saved him, which is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. He said, oh my god, I don't feel like a man. Be like, damn, bitch, you badass. <sighs> okay. Clearly, he's the devil, and I don't think he'll ever seek therapy because he went, made him feel like less of a man, and he did not go back. And it's kind of interesting about that. Oh, yeah, he did go. Yeah. Oh, my God, he did go to therapy. It's interesting because in most Asian cultures, toxic masculinity is not a thing. So it's weird that he has that. Like, I'm sure it's it's a little bit through, but they're not taught it like they are here. We got a little bit of, it sounds like we have a little bit of narcissistic personality disorder. I am not a doctor. I do not diagnose. The only credentials I have is nursing and a minor in psychology. But that sounds Mine's like... personal experiences? Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Personal experiences also. Yeah. yeah. I was like, if we go off that, I have a degree in a lot of shit. So this man, he, oh my God. So a therapist tells him, you're fucked, dude. This is what you need to do. And he's like, no, you're making me feel like less of a man. Personally, I think the scar has nothing to do with it. Oh, absolutely not. No, it's all in his head because he defended her. Mm -hmm. And that scar just reminds him that he, she defended him. Mm -hmm. And took the front hint, like you said, because of the toxic masculinity that he has. He doesn't find her attractive anymore. But it kills me. This is a comment from somebody. It says, let's be real. He pressured his wife into having a baby. Now yes. the baby is coming. He has the jitters and was already second thinking the baby. Mm-hmm. So now the scar is a convenient excuse to check out on his family. And stick his dick in something start else. cheating. Yep. I had to delete dating apps off of my phone so I don't make no, a mistake. No, just the profiles, not the app. Just It just said the profiles. It didn't say he deleted the app. Oh, well, your first mistake was downloading the goddamn app in the first place. Agreed. there are so many things oh my god there are so many things honestly and this is just my personal opinion hey wifey i think women with scars are fucking hot it means you did something with your life and that means you survived something even it's simple like the scar i have a scar i have two scars on my chest the one i'm currently talking about is i survived my um cat having his own psychotic episode and i was holding him i made a noise with the shower door and he freaked out and i have a scar that i've had for a year it looks like i got mauled by like a tiger it's great i uh we call them battle scars in our house or battle wounds um eric has one on his head from a pillow pet from a a pillow fight one of his cousins took a pillow pet Mm-hmm. Like the light up pillow pets yeah. and whacked him on the head with it and it cracked. He got a little. So it was a little tiny. It was a little tiny. It wasn't even that big. Out to kill. Yeah. Um. We we then introduced the rule that you were not allowed to use pillow pets during pillow fights. Jesus. I clearly have a C-section scar and I have scars from where my tubes were removed, so I can't have any more babies. And none of these are fascinating, but I do have what I call snake bite, which makes them sound very intriguing. But they are not. They are from my scissors. Elder, <laughs> my elder emo. Wait, they're from scissors? Yeah. Not, oh, so these are not the snake they, bites, are, I These thought. are not the... No, I only ever had one lip piercing. These are... <laughs> they look like snake bite. It looks like a snake bite. I sat on a pair of sewing scissors. <laughs> like the little, like... 
little tiny ones. And I, they were super short. I didn't even know they went in at all. Um, I stood up trying to find them so I could cut out a sticker for my sister. And they were sticking out my leg. Wow. Yeah. My parents were just very happy that they were the sharp ones and not the... And of course, it hurt came, coming out because now I knew it was there. Did um, you have to get stitches? No, because they were, they were little tiny. Well, I'm sure I probably did, but let's be realistic. Parent, we probably could have lost a leg in the early yeah, 90s and that's... parents would have told us to walk it off. Well, I was a, an 80s baby and an early 90s kid. Oh, I was an early 90s baby and 90s child. So. Yeah. So I feel like it bled into the 90s a little bit. Oh, it did. <laughs> well, um, we were the last of latchkey kids. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like us who grew up as latchkey kids are much more comfortable with our kids being latchkey kids. But we are totally off subject because we were Absolutely. talking about scars and stuff. Anyway, what's your Am I the Asshole of the Week? Let's find out. We should do a poll and see which one's the more assholey one. The more assholey? Yeah. The stinkiest. Have you ever heard that song? No. It's by Dennis Larry, and he's like, Because I'm an asshole. No. I'm an asshole. <laughs> are you an asshole? I might be, but you should look up that song. Every listener, which is probably two of you right now, you should go. <laughs> it's probably us. Let's be realistic. Um, you should probably, you should totally check out that song. <laughs> oh, here we go. Top one. All right. Am I the asshole for yelling at my pregnant sister-in-law and telling my husband to choose me or her? Um, I want to say no, but I have a feeling you are. See, I know the title sounds wrong, but please hear me out. I'm currently typing this all up while my husband's entire family is sitting downstairs. So I, 29 female, have been married to my husband for eight years. About two months ago, I had my third miscarriage. Oh, that sucks ass. At 31 weeks. Um, is that, is that still counted as a miscarriage or is that a fetal loss? I, that's probably a fetal loss. Yeah, because I mean, they've got, they're viable at that point. Anyway, that's hard. That sucks. That really sucks. This is why I'm questioning whether or not she might be the asshole. Yeah. I won't be talking about it because it makes me feel so depressed, but you'll need to remember this. Oh, okay. All right. About four months ago, my sister-in-law, 20, came crying at our doorstep telling us she's pregnant and her boyfriend didn't want anything to do with the pregnancy and had nowhere to go. My husband and I openly took her in, welcomed her into our home with open arms. For the first few weeks, it was really hard for her, understandably. I sat with her for hours holding her when she cried. Binging our favorite TV shows, eating so much ice cream, we quite literally fell into a coma. It was really bonding for us. So I thought. Here is where it starts going downhill. I take pride in my neat, clean home. My sister-in-law, on the other hand, did not. She would leave her clothes all around the house, leave her dirty dishes wherever, even when as far as leaving her... (laughs) Even went... As far as leaving her sex toys on our living room table. The fuck? The fuck? Why? Live reaction. I haven't read this one either. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I'm starting to think, lady, you are not the asshole. I'm sure it's going to change, but I'm siding with you currently. Oh, my God. Okay. I tried to talk to her directly before I talked to my husband. She immediately started crying and told me she will try to be cleaner. I hugged her, told her it was okay, but this is a clear boundary for me. Setting boundaries. Very mature. She told me it would happen again. Oh, what? 
it won't. Oh, it wouldn't happen again. I was like, wait. <laughs> she, she was just being honest. I told you the boundary and you said it would happen again. <laughs> she she was being honest. It's fine. <laughs> but she told me it wouldn't happen again. But it only got worse. She told me I was expected to do her laundry, dishes, and clean her room daily because she's the pregnant one. Well, I do understand how hard it is being pregnant. I just couldn't allow feeling like a maid in my own home. You are not a maid in your own home. Mm -mm. Disclaimer, I bought this house, not my husband. It was all me. Yep, I'm, I, I'm making my call right now, not the asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to mention my recent loss of my child. So, I told my husband, but what he told me shocked me. His exact words were, Honey, she's going through a lot right now. We really should be helping her out. Plus, it might make you feel better to take care of someone who's pregnant. Oh my god! I kind of want to strangle that man. Men are so stupid! They are. They very, very much are, trust me, I know. <laughs> that's why I'm a lesbian. Well, that's not the main reason. I don't... I like women, that's the first one. Yeah. <laughs> the hate for men comes after. Yeah. They're... They're very small, good experiences. If you're a man listening to this, sorry, not sorry. I mean, I've met a couple of good ones in Be my years. Be the exception. <laughs> they, they were never my good ones, but I've met a couple of good ones over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, oh, okay. Whew. I was pissed to say the least. Yeah, me too. Uh, make me feel better. She's going through a lot. We need to help her. Letting her stay with us wasn't enough. While I don't want to invalidate her pain, my husband and I were also going through our own problems. Anyways, we moved on. I did my best to maintain work and the household chores. My husband works 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., so he isn't around to help much. That's a shit shift. I work full-time from home, so it's been super stressful. When I even try to ask for help from my sister-in-law, she always makes an excuse, even if she's just watching TV. The one thing that pushed me over the edge was I went out to buy my one food that I have actually enjoyed eating after my miscarriage fetal loss. I wrote my name on it and directly asked my sister-in-law not to eat it. Well, I went to go to my fridge to get it, and you'll never guess. She freaking ate it. As a not pregnant woman, I would be pissed too. I'm just a fact. Oh my god, you don't mess with people's food. I have, I have yelled at my child over food. Why did you eat my food? Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> I promise be... I'm not I'm not abusive to my child. I promise you guys. <laughs> I just get very angry over food. That used to be a problem with me and my brother. I'd have leftovers that I'd be so excited to eat. And I'd get there and they'd be gone. It's like, bitch. Yeah. Now you may think it's just food. Oh, we're not on that page. No, no, we're with you, lady. <laughs> we're with you. I buy all the groceries, basically pay all the bills. I don't mind people having some of my food, but the one thing I ask to not be touched gets touched. I told my husband, and of course he rubbed it into my face, that she's pregnant. I need to be less selfish, and life is about sacrifices. Throat punch that asshole. Life is about sacrifices. Sacrifice him. Sir, you are the sacrifice. Suddenly, there's a full moon ritual, and everyone's dancing naked around a fire as you bleed out into the fire. There's your sacrifice. I was so upset, I told him I felt like him and her were horrible roommates people talk about on Reddit. <clears throat> he didn't take that well, lol. <laughs> well, that sucks for him. Which leads us to my title. My sister-in-law planned a random baby shower party thing at my house. I personally didn't know if I could even be home when this was happening. 
I felt so hurt that she wouldn't talk to me knowing everything that has happened and that she would just invite random strangers into another person's home before asking. My husband urged me to go, told me it would permanently affect mine and her relationship, so I told him I'd go. About halfway through the party, my husband and sister-in-law announced that they wanted to show the nursery to everyone. I was confused. Excuse me? I'm also confused. Nursery? She was staying that long? What room did she turn into a nursery? And how how did they do this without you? No, not that it's your fault, but I'm just saying, how the, how the fuck did they do that? Whew, they told everyone to head upstairs. That's when it hit me. It's her nursery. It's her fucking nursery. They were talking about my nursery for my baby I had just lost. Oh, my God. Bitch is getting shanked up in here. Bitches ain't shit. And Okay. <laughs> a wave of emotions hit me when I saw everyone in my baby's nursery telling her what a good job they did setting it up. My setup for my baby that my body failed to give me. I just lost it. I started sobbing. Then that sadness turned into pure rage. Valid. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I, if you killed somebody, I would testify for you. Oh, yeah. I don't even know you, bitch, and I'll be sitting right there being like, mmm, deserve. I will, I will write you a letter of recommendation. Like, <laughs> I got you. I'm sorry, Judge, I can't go to jail. I have this letter. <laughs> well, I just meant, like, some people need that kind of character shit Character witness? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I will be a character witness. I'll be like, I do not know this lady, but I know she had the right to do so. Oh, yeah. Whew. I started yelling at my sister-in-law, telling her she's the foulest human for putting me through everything she has for the last few months. Valid. Making me feel like I was a maid or an object for her convenience. Through choked up tears, I turned to my husband, whose jaw was on the floor. I turned my head to see his entire family just staring at me. I lost it again. Yelling, I looked at my sister-in-law, telling her how dare she use my nursery for my baby. How dare she think she has the right. What she told me made me fall to my knees sobbing. Oh, God. It's not my fault you couldn't produce a child. Why let this go to waste? You're so selfish. Bitch would be dead. If this wasn't... Dead! If this wasn't verified, I'd be like, this is a troll. Because this is a lot. Like, this... That bitch would be dead. Like, I would have killed her right then and there. Oh, my God. My husband tried to pick me up off the floor, but I yelled again, standing to my knees, which were now shaking. I told him, pick. A dumbfounded look on his face. I yelled again, pick me or her. He couldn't even muster up anything to say. I just looked at him, pure betrayal, pushed past the crowd of family and ran straight up here to type this out. Even if no one sees this, at least it helped me let these emotions out. Now, now's the point where I ask, am I the asshole? Nope. No. Not. There's an update. Oh, okay. I love updates. Continue. Oh, it's a long. Oh my God. Oh shit. Oh shit. Damn, this is going to be the longest episode ever. Okay. Okay, update. I'm not quite sure if this is the proper way to do an update, but hopefully everyone can see it. I know I had a stillborn. The only reason I say miscarriage is because that is what my obstetrician... That's not right. Yeah, it is. I, I thought an obstetrician was the eye doctor. What is the eye doctor? An ophthalmologist? Oh. <laughs> can you see why I thought that? <laughs> Oh, I got a notification for an devil. This is the best moment of my life. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I am in tears. <laughs> 
concerned if my ophthalmologist looked into my vagina. In all fairness, he's an eye doctor. He's probably the best to look up in there. He, his eyes work just <laughs> In all fairness, I think somewhere I did know that, like, that an obstetrician was like a female doctor, but I'm so used to calling him OB. Or an OBGYN. Gynecologist. See, that's where I got confused. I thought I was a gynecologist. <laughs> I'm absolutely deceased. <laughs> I'm stupid now. I'm, like, fucking, this I'm leaving this in. Dumb. <laughs> I'm leaving this that's in. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I paused. I paused because I actually said it right. Oh. <laughs> Because it takes me I thought you paused because something shocking was going to happen. Well, probably. Uh, Damn. (sighs) You may have to take a break between this and the stories that I have today. (sighs) Okay. only reason I say miscarriage is because that is what my obstetrician told me what was happening. That's my fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is what my obstetrician told me was happening. Second off, some people have been saying this story is fake because of the way I described the argument. Falling to my knees, pure betrayal. Yes, I figured out I spelt it wrong. Okay, see. Well, but that's because you're upset. Like, uh-huh. if this was a fake story, you probably would have put it into something and verified everything was right before you typed it up and sent it off. Uh-huh. But you were pissed. I can ensure you it's not fake. I cannot make anyone believe me. But this is my life, so you can either think it's fake or not. Here's the update everyone's been asking for. Buckle up. It's a long one. Yeah, it is. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> Fuck, my face hurts. Okay. <laughs> I can hold my face when I'm with you. After posting my story on Reddit, I sat on my bed, wiping my tears and telling myself I will not take this disrespect. Yes, bitch! I walked downstairs, shutting my nursery door on the way. I was greeted with everyone comforting my sister-in-law. Burn the house down. No, it's her house. Kick them out, burn them down. (laughs) Burn them down. Put them in another house, burn that house down. (laughs) Do you have a garage? Is it detached? Put them in there. Yeah, exactly. I kindly asked everyone besides my sister-in-law and husband to respectfully get the fuck out of my house. I want to make... Excuse me, everyone. I need you to all get the fuck out of my house. Like, get a champagne glass. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, Get the fuck out. <laughs> all demonic. Oh, I need to put that as a <coughs> sign above my front door. It's just like, thanks for coming, but get the fuck out. My, I have one that says unwelcome. <gasps> I like that. I'm, more, I'm getting one that says go away. Ooh, I like that one, too. Thanks. I want, I want to doormat that says live laugh lobotomy uh get the fuck out of my house after all the dirty looks and shaming it was just my husband sister-in-law and myself they sat themselves on the couch not saying anything i sat with them the silence felt like forever none of us had anything to say i knew i'd have to start the conversation i looked at my husband and said did you decide he looked at me just staring i asked again in a firm tone this time he ended up mumbling some sort of insult and i couldn't really make out what he said oh Say it with your chest, bitch. Something with the word bitchy. Oh, sir. Sir, you you don't want to live. I stood up and told them both to get out. 
Then they wanted to talk, telling me this is all a misunderstanding, their story, blah, blah, blah. I grabbed a backpack from my shoe closet and told them to pack their shit. My sister-in-law told me I couldn't just make her leave, and I was a horrible person. I laughed in her face and told her this is my house, and I can do whatever I wanted. Yes, bitch. Like, I'm all for the pettiness now. Yeah. Like, my husband stood next to me and told her it was only for a little while. I turned to him and said, oh, you too. (laughs) He got all mad and told me we were a married couple and that this isn't how marriage works. I told him, no, it is not. Marriage is where two people support each other and not treat their wife like shit. They both ended up leaving after many insults towards me. Oh, but wait, it's not over. This morning I was getting ready for a Zoom meeting with a few other coworkers when my husband showed up. I let him in, telling him to get whatever he needed and to go because I had to work. He started apologizing and telling me he wants to make it right. <laughs> I told him I just need time away from him. Then he threw in my face, well, it's not my fault you lost... Oh my... It's not my fault you lost our children? My sister was right, you are selfish. Drop kick the man off the fucking planet. Oh my god. I want you to put, like, when you sign your divorce papers, put it in the decree that you get to warn all of his future fucking wives mm-hmm. how this man is. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I think that should put in, be everybody's decree. That's not an immediate murder. That's torture. That, that's what you should do. Torture him. Snip his balls off very slowly. I have never, ever made my husband feel like he cannot grieve with me over this. Never made him feel less than because of his pain. I turned around and slapped him in the face. Good for you. Yes, bitch. I never condone violence. That was my next sentence. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't condone domestic violence, but some people... Sometimes. ...need a high five to the face with the chair. Sometimes. It, like, people are assholes, and then you it's slap not- them, and it feels great. It's not like she's beating him every day. He crossed a line, and that was probably just a knee-jerk reaction. Yep. And that's how it happened. And I'm very upset I would ever do that to another human. But I just couldn't deal with this. He took a step back, threw all of my makeup on the floor. Oh, but then he started breaking all of my decor in my bathroom. I yelled at him to stop and that I was sorry, but he just kept going. Even going as far as punching a hole in my bathroom wall. But she paid for this house. Get the fuck out. It was like I was seeing all of his bottled up emotions from our children's death come out. But he went too far when he tried to grab me, yelling in my face. I kicked him off and told him to get the fuck out. He walked out of the bathroom and I watched him break a few more items as he left. The second he left, I had a panic attack looking at the mess he made, just seeing how much he hid his pain. I called my mother and told her everything that's been happening. I don't talk to my family much due to some past trauma with them. She told me she was on her way. The second she got here, I just broke down and she helped me. Then she stood up and started taking pictures of everything he broke. Good. Yes, bitch. I asked her what she was doing and she turned to me and said, we're suing this piece of shit. (laughs) Yes, mom. I honestly didn't even argue. I was so hurt by everything my husband did to me. My mom packed up my computer and I grabbed a few outfits. My mom and I drove to a hotel and she insisted on staying with me. While I finished up work, my mom called a locksmith and my attorney. I will be divorcing him as well. Yes! Again, make sure you have that in your decree that says Mm -hmm. you're allowed to tell every woman on this planet how small his dick is. Absolutely. So, there it is. Here's the update everyone has been waiting for. I feel guilty for just giving up on my husband in eight years. No! No, you should not feel guilty. He's a piece of garbage. I can't live like this, and neither can my husband. I wish I could say we moved on, forgave each other, and I got to see my sister-in-law have her baby. But that's not reality. If anything else happens, I will let you all know. Thank you guys for the support and help with the situation.
Is that it? That's it. Okay. Apparently, it, they typed about a second update coming soon, oh. but I don't know when that was. Oh, the user for this was user positive u dash three eight five. This update was a month ago. So we need to pay attention to that because I would love to have the update to that. Right? Shit. Well, damn. I have a few things. So husband, uh, first thing is always going to be therapist. Husband needs to see somebody because obviously he has not been processing his emotions about losing children. Well, and clearly his family never corrected that behavior. No. Or tried to stop any type of behavior that can be caused by that. It sounds like none of his family are well-versed in trauma and trauma responses and how losing a fucking child can... I don't even know if that's it. I think they all sound like narcissistics. Again, I'm not diagnosed. just personal experience. I have learned, reading the Reddits and stuff... Reading the Reddits. That, uh, and listening to the Reddits... That 90% of these people would probably be classified as narcissistic or with narcissistic tendencies. Oh, fuck yeah. If they actually went to somebody to get help, but they won't, so we'll never know. God, and like the sister-in-law, like what a cunt. Seriously, she is. And again, I feel she has her own narcissistic tendencies. You have a pack of narcissistic family members who have thrived off of each other. Yeah, and they just validate each other. Yep. Because that's what narcissists do for each other. Yeah, and that's what the husband was doing for the sister-in-law in the house. Just, like, she was like, oh, I feel bad, I don't need to do anything, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I mean, honey, she's right. And it's like, that just adds fuel to the fire. They go back and forth, and suddenly, the wife is ostracized in her own fucking house. Yeah. That she paid for. That she paid for. She's going to need some extensive therapy to get over this. If, if she can even get over it. Like, right. It, whoo. For real. Yeah, it, it's, it, it was a lot. It's a lot for her to have to go through. And especially right after the loss of a... Like a fucking stillborn. Yeah. Like, that's long enough to have hopes and dreams and be so excited for what's about the, to about come. The, you're past the safety point. You don't think anything can happen. Exactly. And after, and at that rate, they're usually viable if they are. So, yeah, I could only imagine. Oh, that just really lit me up. Okay. I don't even know if that was a gloom breaker. I don't think it was. That's okay. We have some for the end. Perfect. Okay. So, back to our sound at the beginning. That is not what you think it is. It is not a mother or a person trying to commit suicide. Well, she was. Let me, let me correct myself. She was. But not for the reasons you think she was. She was committing, trying to commit suicide because she had just killed her kids. So that is the dispatch 911 recording that you heard. So, and that is for Lindsay Clancy. The morning of January 24th of 2023. So this what? just happened. Started pretty normal for the Clancy family. Lindsay, 32 at the time, Patrick, did not find an age for her husband. Five-year-old Cora, three-year-old Dawson, and eight-month-old Callan. Jesus. A trip to the doctor for little Cora before playing in the snow and building a snowman for both Cora and Dawson. 
Then it is believed that Lindsay set up a plan to send Patrick on some errands, medicine for the kids, take out for dinner. Both of these errands had been searched prior to her texting her husband to go run these errands. And the timing of how long he would be gone was calculated perfectly. 55 minutes was all it took for her to strangle all three of her children with what they believed was an exercise cord. What? Yeah, before she cut both of her wrists and neck and jumping from the second story bedroom window. Damn. It is believed that Lindsay was suffering from several mental illnesses, Hmm? including postpartum depression and maybe even postpartum psychosis Mm. this is ongoing and currently working its way through the courts but i want to note prosecutors are trying to prove that Lindsay was of sound and stable mind at the time based on the fact that she was able to go to the doctor's appointment for her daughter completely normally as well as had the mindset to play in the snow with her children hours prior to the murders I'm just going to state this as somebody who suffers from mental illness. Do you know how easy it is to put on a mask and fake your way through everything? Seriously. I do it on a daily. Because you act normal in a certain situation does not mean that you are of sound mind. A lot of times when you are even in psychosis, sometimes you are quiet and you try to act normal because you're paranoid that if you don't, they, if you have the paranoid delusions and paranoid hallucinations, that they will find you. Because you're acting weird. Like, fuck that. Psychosis comes and goes. You're not Mm -hmm. constantly in a psychosis. Mm -hmm. It can be super severe at one point and then die down. It's not like a sound science. But if it was found that she was in postpartum psychosis, she did not, one, have a sound mind, and two, didn't know the difference between reality and fake. I'm going to cite my sources for these. For Miss Lindsay Clancy, we have abc7chicago.com, nbcboston.com, and it's from Staff Reports October 24th and updated October 25th of 2023. So those were really recent updates. Did you find anything like with a doctor saying she could be going through postpartum or like a psyche eval or anything? Um, I believe so. You you mistake me as somebody who actually does a full-on research for these. <laughs> Um, no, I just find the stories get the basic details because I'm going to say that, that yes, there's somebody who has said this of the medical profession because it is believed that they were suffering, that she was mm. suffering from mental illness. Mm. Okay. So I'm sure her se- husband has said something upon it or somebody has come out and said something about it because I don't, it didn't say she claimed it was, it didn't say, so my guess is that somebody somewhere medically has probably said that. Okay. As well, especially if she's contesting like the sentencing. And trying to go for plea to insanity. Right. They would definitely have to do like a forensic psychology eval to diagnose her with what's actually going on. Right. Mm. But if it's ongoing, yeah, we probably don't know. And she could have been going through the steps to get diagnosed Mm -hmm. and it just becomes so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And then she just had a break in reality. And oof. Fuck, that is a terrible situation yeah. in all accounts, especially if she was going through postpartum psychosis. Imagine having something yell at you. This is not specifically this situation because I have no idea. But imagine having something yell at you over and over and over again that you need to kill your children. Right. Because of a great something that's happening. And you're starting to believe it because you don't know what's real and what's not. Right. And nobody else can hear all this, so it has to be in your mind, so it has to be right. 
I can't fucking imagine, dude. I would, I did a um, psychosis, like, it was like a psychosis simulation for nursing. And we had to do, like, we had to have these headphones on. It was auditory hallucinations. And we had to do some, some kind of worksheet. I don't know where you're just answering basic questions about yourself or about things around you while these things were happening in your ears. Mm-hmm. And then you were supposed to walk down the hall, go talk to people, and then have like an evaluation by a quote unquote doctor while you're hearing all these voices. And there's like, (sighs) I can't imagine going through even a short amount of time where that's actually fucking happening to you. And I can't imagine if, if she was going through postpartum psychosis. Once she was possibly medicated for that, I can't imagine what she has realized that she has done. Um, If we're being completely honest here, (laughs) I don't know. There are people who live with that on a day-to-day basis. That's their every Mm -hmm. day life. Mm -hmm. They live with the psychosis and and they hear things and they see things that are real and stuff like that. And I, I personally don't know how they would do it. I heard a voice one day. I'm pretty sure it was a ghostie. That was like right in my ear and nobody was around me. And that alone freaked me out. Like I went searching. Like I thought it was one of my salon owner's kids. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I swear your son was here. And she's like, he's not here. I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. Well, that was bizarre. Mm -hmm. So I would be trying to find the ghosty every time I heard voices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd never get anything done. And I heard a, I heard, fuck. Here's a personal story. I was on medication because I was going through a hard time. But I had a slip in reality where I was having delusions that people were trying to get me fired at my job. Dude, it was rough. I work in the medical field. This is not this job that I'm at. But it was so bad that I thought about buying cameras to put in our office to catch them in the act. Oh. And that's when I realized I need to call my doctor, which I'm glad I had the mental faculties to do that. Yeah. And I got that fixed. Hasn't happened again. That's good. Yeah. But uh, be, I, terrifying. Oh, I, I am sure. I'm 100% sure. And I mean, I have ridiculous things happen all the time being bipolar, but nothing to that extent. Yeah. So the last source for that is fresherlive.com. On to the second one. Woo-hoo! This is Carol Coronado. On May 20th of 2014, something was different about Carol. At the time, a 30-year-old mother of three beautiful daughters, Sophia, two and a half, Yasmin, 16 months, and Zena, two months. Whoa. It wasn't her quirky, laid-back, no-makeup, book-reading, no-gossip, with hard-working focus, normal. Instead, she woke up in a panic and began calling her mother, leaving pleading and begging messages to her mother, telling her that she was hungry, tired, exhausted, as she rambled and cried into the phone, into these voicemails, over and over. By her last call to her mother, Carol was spent and simply said, Mom, please call me. I love you. Bye. Oh. Her husband had been across the street working on his truck and came home to find their two-and-a-half-year-old running around with no diaper on, poop on her hands, the walls, and the floors. Ruby, something he regrets doing for his lack of understanding of postpartum depression, looked into the blank and black eyes of his wife and said, Carol, to what extreme is this going to get? Rudy then went back to work on his truck. 
His mother-in-law. His fucking child is... I, I get he said that he was... Sorry, regrets it, whatever. His child is running around with shit on his on their hands. I, I this is I'm sure it was cleaned up. Okay. I don't think he I'm just this is based off the article I was reading. Okay, good. Okay. Thank good. you. <laughs> well, I I would like to believe that he cleaned her up. Because especially with the amount of regret that he has, um, from the article I read, and I'll tell you what article that is, I am sure he cleaned up the child. Okay. Okay. Then I'll just edit this out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you can leave it in, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> Um, his mother-in-law, Carol's mom, came after her shift of driving the bus, which is why she was not answering her phone. She entered the home only to come running back out screaming at the sight inside. Rudy rushed over to find all three of their girls stabbed to death. Oh. Carol looked at him, told him she loved him, and plunged the knife into her own chest. Ooh. Carol lived and was arrested the same day as the murders. Murders. <laughs> Murders. Murders. Carol sentenced to three life terms for the murder of her three daughters. Was there ever a plea for insanity? Not that I could find. There might have been. You are asking questions that I was not prepared for. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I did not even think once about the daughter not being cleaned up. That was not something that even crossed my mind. Uh, It's called anxiety. So let me go go over my... (laughs) My uh, sources, and then we can talk about it. But um, the first one is dailybreeze.com, written by Larry Altman. Murderpedia.com, kqed.org, is an article that I read that talks extremely close with the husband. It's called She Killed Her Children, Can We Forgive Her? And it's by April Demboski, February 6th of 2020. So if you guys want more details... Check out um, She Killed Her Children, Can We Forgive Her? That one is a really good article. It does not specify if the poop was cleaned up. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just important things. (laughs) Just the important things. Not what was the size of the knife. Okay, listen, those are after the story questions. (laughs) No, but the poop one. Poop one was totally. The poop one was the most important. Yeah. Right. Okay, fair. I'm just going to say that you have to be really fucking determined to plunge a knife through your chest because your sternum is a hard fucking bone. And I know that because I have done so many chest compressions and broken so many sternums. It takes a lot of fucking force to break your fucking sternum. I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, you'd have to go through bone no matter where you are on there, huh? I guess it depends on where she stabbed herself in the chest. But Yeah, I didn't specify. I'm sure she was aiming for the heart. Or maybe she, like, there's, went down. So there's a good possibility that it wasn't, like, a deep stab wound because she was arrested that night. Mm. Okay. So it's not like she... I don't believe she was in the hospital. I guess it didn't that. hit her heart at all then, yeah. yeah. No, oh, no, 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 no. She was fine. I had to look up differently. And she stabbed all of her children to death. To death. Oh, my to God. To death. Okay. So prior to this, she documented everything. Every time she breastfed, every bottle she gave them, everything was documented according to Rudy. Huh. Every time they pooped, how they pooped, everything. Everything is what wow. he says. Yeah. And so the fact that... Wow, everything. Yeah. Okay, so here, it was the disease. This is a portion of the article. It's called the, It Was the Disease. First time Rudy and Carol Colorado ever heard of postpartum psychosis was after Carol was taken to jail. Shit. Yeah. Doctors later told them that Carol's break from reality was caused by hormonal changes from her last pregnancy, lack of sleep, and relentless cycle 
of breastfeeding and caring for three babies under three. Two-thirds of women who kill their children following childbirth suffered from postpartum psych... Pro- <laughs> oh, yeah, see, now you did this to me. Postpartum psychosis. At two, from, and that was from a 2000... Two-thirds? Two-thirds of women who kill their children after childbirth. Wow. So if you are one or two of three women who happen to kill their children after childbirth, it's because you have po- postpartum psychosis. The other one was just a dick. <laughs> you're just a murderous asshole. Yeah, you're just a dick. You got what you deserved. Mm-hmm. So everyone who saw her, all the doctors within hours and days of this event, found that she had some kind of psychotic disorder. So hers is proven, I'm guessing with the Lindsay Clancy case, because mm-hmm. it is so fresh and is processing its way through courts. There's a good possibility that the documents haven't been released stating one way or the other. Yeah, we probably won't know for a while then. No, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep watching that one and seeing if we can't maybe get an update update as we go. Yeah. Oh, if you or someone you know is dealing with postpartum depression, anything that sounds like postpartum depression, if you're worried. Depression in general. Yes, depression in general. Please get help. If you feel that you want to hurt yourself and or others. Please reach out. There are numerous helps out there. Kelsey will post them with this episode because I don't do any of that. Yes, I will post them with this episode. And even just go to your local ER and they'll put you under observation. Yeah, they, uh, they'll keep a good eye on you. And if, if you're not comfortable with that, reach out to somebody that you know. If they don't take you seriously, keep reaching out until you find somebody who does. And if nobody will take you seriously, go to the ER. They'll take you seriously. Or call 911. Yes. The 911 dispatcher will take you very seriously. Very. There are options. You're not by yourself. That is a horrible thing to deal with. And it sucks. It's so common. So you're not crazy. And it's okay to fill those thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's not okay to act upon them. Even if you're a dick who decides to criticize us in your comments. Fuck we you. W- we, w- <laughs> we wish you two flat tires. Two. Two, because you only have one spare. But we do not wish you to kill yourself. Two flat tires in the middle of a snowstorm and both ways are uphill. And like a raging and grown toenail. Oh yeah, that would suck. That too. <laughs> in the so, cold where you fit. Ooh. Yep. You ready for our last gloom breakers? Fuck yeah, gloom breakers. Okay. Gloom breakers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And for our, glo- our final gloom breakers of the day, it's dumb ways to die. You're going to get us sued. No. It's used on so many TikToks. It's fine. Okay. Uh, all right. This one is deadly alarm clock. In 1886, alarm clock as we know them didn't really exist. So I was about to ask that question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Samuel Wardall, a lamp lighter in New York who needed to get to work before dawn, invented his own method. He wired a clock to a shelf near his bed, which had a heavy weight on it. Oh. At the right time, the shelf would fall and the weight would loudly hit the floor, waking him up. Sadly, as with so many inventors, Wardall's own creation led to his doom. One Christmas night, after showing off the alarm to admiring guests, Wardall put everything back in place. But he was tipsy, and it must have been a little off with his measurements. Alcohol. Again. (laughs) The next morning, the weight fell down right on his head. Jesus. That is a dumb way to die, and it was his own fault, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Talk about a fucking headache. Yeah, that's 
That's one way to put it. Squash. I don't want to wake up that much. Well, I mean, his job depended on it. He had to go light the lights, the lamps, so people could see. Maybe maybe that's how Jack the Ripper happened, is because he didn't wake up on time. Ah. I doubt it, but I can have my beliefs. Interesting. <laughs> it's all this guy's fault. And for our last one, unless you absolutely want another one after this. <laughs> Frozen along with a chicken. <laughs> Hold on, say the title again. Frozen along with a chicken. Sounds like a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> Frozen meets Moana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one is another famous scientist, Sir Francis Bacon. Not chicken? Not chicken. Should have been frozen along with a pig. Yeah. Was a Not British... very consistent here. <laughs> right? Was a British lawyer, philosopher, and writer who helped found the scientific method. On his way to a friend's house in 1626, that was a very long ass time ago, Bacon was seized with an idea. He was had... he sizzled with an idea? <laughs> <laughs> he had been studying the effects of cold weather on meat, and there happened to be snow on the ground. He stopped his carriage, got out, bought a chicken, and began snuff- stuffing snow into it. What? What? Oh, hold on. Okay. Well, I have like a few questions. Yeah, but was the chicken alive? I'm going to go with n- no. I really hope not. It doesn't specify. Can you imagine just a chicken? And, and then shoving, shoving snow, up, snow up his ass and go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with probably not. Oh, God, I hope not. But again, this doesn't specify. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have all the bad questions. <laughs> you just think about the really important things. It's fine. Um, Bacon was so engrossed in this experiment that by the time he realized he was cold, it was too late. And he, he got to his friend's house and died there of pneumonia. He Can got you? so engrossed with stuffing snow up someone else's bum, uh, bum. Up, up a chicken's asshole. Can you imagine being so captivated by shoving snow into a chicken? Into its ass. That you like turkey stuffing. That you forget you're an actual fucking human and you need warmth? Crazy, right? Insane. Do you want another one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> in need of a restroom is what this one is called. In need of a restroom. Yeah. Aside from his scientific accomplishment, why are the smartest people on earth all those also the dumbest? <laughs> because they have book smarts, not street smarts. Apparently. <laughs> Danish astronomer Ticho Bra? <laughs> Bra. <laughs> Bra. Brahi? Brahi? Bra. He's dead and I'm sorry I pron- mispronounced his name. Is probably best known for two things. His metal nose. What? And his peculiar death. I have so many questions, but I won't ask them. Yeah. Well, we might be able to get into answer one of those right now. Oh, perfect. Brahe had lost lost most of his real nose in a duel. Ah. So he strapped the metal metal one on to keep from looking off. Yeah, I'm sure look, having fucking metal as a nose is not... <laughs> Nobody noticed. It's fine. He put uh, on makeup. It's, uh, it's all good. Perfect. As for his death, it occurred soon after a royal banquet in 1601. During the meal, Brahe realized he needed to go to the bathroom, but he didn't want to offend his hosts. 
It was considered impolite to leave the table before royalty. Oh. Yeah. So Brahi held it for hours on end until he was finally able to leave. But when he found he couldn't go at all, and after several painful days, he died of a burst bladder. Burst bladder, everybody. We went from a stuffing a chicken full of snow to a burst bladder. So when on Liar Liar, he said it is not safe to hold your pee. It's not. It is not safe to hold your pee. (sighs) Brahe figured that out the hard way. I'm going to figure that out the hard way one day because I can hold my pee for a whole 12-hour shift. I I feel you as a hairstylist. I We're the same way. Like, mm-hmm. we can go all day without peeing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to... It's either that or one of the 15,000 million things that I'm not supposed to do that I do will kill me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't... Did he not feel his bladder explode? It was 1601. He probably had no idea what it was. <laughs> oh, it's gas. <laughs> yeah, probably. It probably exploded and then he died. It was just like, poof. No, you, yeah, you died. can die from an exploded bladder so fucking fast. Wait, don't, this has been. Don't okay. die that way. <laughs> this has been don't die like that. <laughs> you fucking dumbass. Don't stuff a chicken full of snow. Also, don't squish yourself with an alarm clock. Don't wake up. The only weight you want in your bedroom is your weighted blanket to keep you safe and sound. Oh my god, I love my weighted blanket. I don't have one. I have two dogs. <laughs> oh. Well, we have cats, so yeah, that... That tracks? Yeah, but I also have a weighted blanket, so I'm like... So weighted. See, and I can't do weighted blankets because I feel trapped. I feel like I can't move, and therefore I feel trapped. Yeah, that's the opposite of what the weighted blanket should do. It yeah. should make you feel all snuggled and it does not. loving. In fact, if Like I, a baby! If the dogs get too close to me at night and I can't move my feet, I, I panic. Yeah. No, no, then no weighted blankie for you. Uh, no weighted blankie for me. Well, uh, this has been a long episode and I'm going to cut it down hopefully where it's tolerable for you 15 listeners. Hey, hey, I'm just going to throw this out here that... A podcast will save this relationship usually does like a three-hour podcast and they have tons of listeners. So I think we're okay. Yeah, but we're just starting. We're babies. And full circle. All right, everyone. (laughs) Signing off from the Harry Potter lab, which I will post pictures of. Uh, This has been just me and my trauma. With... Oh, that's Jesse. I'm Jesse. And that's Kelsey. That's, I am, that's me. That's her. And if you need to send in a gloom breaker or even a story, you can email to justtraumapodcast.gmail.com. We did set up a Just Buy Me a Coffee. It's justbuymeacoffee.com backslash pod. Oh my God. Why can't I remember what I set up? I don't know. It's in the links. It's in the... Below. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's in the links b- below. I think it's only $5 to buy us a coffee. That's so nice. Yeah, we like coffee. And then the Instagram is just me and my trauma underscore pod. You can see all our wonderful pictures there. I'm, I'm posting pictures of the Harry Potter lab. But thank you for listening to yeah. just me and my trauma. And we hope you keep listening to this shit show. And have a great day, Trauma Llamas. Trauma Llamas. That's you. That's you guys.
I want to be a Charmelon. We need Charmelon stickers. Okay, bye! bye. <laughs>